Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost in Possession Football Podcast. Three mates, three different teams, three very different opinions. This week, we've got another big show. It's all about Champions League. It's all about the top four. And it is all about Europe's premier competition. So we will be doing, for the bulk of this show, we will be doing a combined Spurs and Arsenal 11 with, of course, the big uh, crunch fixture coming up this Thursday between Spurs and Arsenal for the top four battle. But first and foremost, what we want to discuss is obviously today there's pretty much been breaking news um, about the new Champions League format moving forward. So it's going to come into effect from the 2024-2025 season. But the whole Champions League format is completely shifting. It's going to be a league format initially. There'll be 36 teams, um, not 32. And there's a few other bits we're going to go through and, and reveal for you today. So let, let's get started. Um, Reese, we'll, we'll come to you first. Obviously, a big battle this week for, for your club. Um, I know we've given our predictions already, but with this new Champions League format, it's a huge, huge announcement. How do you see it benefiting potentially your own club, Arsenal? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously completely irrelevant for Thursday because it's not going to come into action for a while yet. But it's a good idea. It it makes sense because it gives teams more of a chance and eases that pressure. But I just don't get where you just don't draw. Where do you draw the line? You know, an extra position on a team, depending on how a country does and does perform in a Champions League, it's just appeasing to these uh, Super League teams again and again and again. They're going to get six. Newcastle are eventually going to start pushing up the league and potentially another couple of teams. They'll push for seven. Or, yeah, they'll push for six. They'll push for seven. They'll push for eight. It's getting ridiculous. The idea, I get the idea, but it's only to appease these these big teams and and Arsenal are one of them. As much as I'd like to see them in the tournament, you know, you, you've got to draw the line somewhere. Jamie, where, where do you stand initially on it? Obviously, we'll get into more details about the exact format, but initially, what's your thoughts? It's just more, more greed, really. It's more games they want, more money. And if they're putting in the top leagues into it, all they're doing is, like Ray said, are pleasing the big teams, the ones who are part of the Super League, which unfortunately all three of our clubs were involved in that. It's just not something I particularly want. I don't see the need for it. It's going to put strain on other competitions like the League Cup and maybe even the FA Cup. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm anti it, but then... I'm a City fan. I boo Champions League songs. I don't like UEFA and UEFA proving why we don't like them. It's just another idea for more money. That's the only thing I can see about it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's completely fair. And, and I think that the one maybe slight positive is, is that with little things, you know, I was very much uh, in the opinion of if it's not, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So even little things like this season, you know, the changing of the away goals rule, I, I was actually you know, quite adamantly against. However, you know, the City Madrid semi kind of just, just squashed that. that. That proved why we shouldn't have the away goals rule because that was one of the best games, the best two-legged ties in, in, you know, probably the history of the competition. So I think that's maybe one good positive of where actually maybe a little bit of change can benefit overall the competition. 
Um, but just to get into some of the, some of the finer details, so we've said it's going to be 36 teams, not 32. Um, it will be a league format. So each team, from my understanding, will play eight games. So obviously two, two more than the previous six. Um, so there will be potential you know, congestion issues with, with fixtures, potentially. I guess Reese touched on it earlier, but maybe it will end up just moving, moving things, uh, you know, fixtures. Sorry, the, the start of the Champions League will be earlier in the season. With the top eight, uh, so from my understanding, the top eight teams in that league, they'll be the ones who qualify automatically for knockouts. Um, wow. Aston Villa, breaking news. Aston Villa, within three minutes, have just scored against Liverpool. Jamie, live reaction. What's your thoughts? Oh, this is oh, so bad for Liverpool. I'm probably sure Klopp has already got his arguments and they're not <laughs> going to play in the right way. Did Gerard celebrate or not? <laughs> I hope so. Well, look, we're not a breaking news channel, but that's, that's a one-off special. Um, but look, so just, just going back to that, so eight teams will qualify initially from the league and then the remaining knockout places will be determined by further playoffs. <laughs> so Reese, even more fixtures. Is there any is there any upside in your opinion to that in terms of fixtures? I mean, look, more fixtures, but again, it's just going to be the same old thing time and time again. Oh, we're going to need a winter break. Well, you can't have one because you've got fixtures to play. Oh, in that case, then we're going to need a longer summer. Okay, then, but don't go abroad and make yourself tired. Come back in two days before the tournament starts or the league starts. It's the idea of increasing competition, I understand, but it doesn't increase competition. It makes things less competitive because you can put less effort into your Premier League campaign. The League Cup looks like it's going to be on its dying days. You know, some countries have removed their version of it, Spain, for example. And it's, it's just, where do you go? It's, you know, you want competition, you had a go at the Super League because it wasn't about competition, but then you're giving them teams extra positions, um, extra places, sorry, in a com in another competition. So it's all just, it's all just getting stupid. Like it's, you, you just know they're going to push the rules even further, and it's as simple as that. And I guess we, we 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 said a few weeks ago, I think on on our sort of FA Cup episode, that is the monopoly of, of the top six constantly winning the FA Cup. Um, is that ever going to end? Maybe this could be the start of that in both the League Cup and FA Cup. We'll, we'll, maybe this now, because the, the bigger teams are going to be so distracted with, with Champions League fixtures or Europa, whatever it is, maybe we'll see that monopoly break up. Yeah, but those competitions aren't going to matter. When the the other way, yeah, not. I think the only way that happens is if anyone in Europe doesn't play the League Cup. That's the only way that will happen. Even if they do, they still will they still will sort of, you know, it's not going to change. It's not going to change who wins the competitions, in my opinion, so much because teams are going to win six out of the first eight and be already through and then can rest players in the league, Champions League and play them in the League Cup. It's just squad rotation. That's the only difference, I think. And, and you don't get games like we've got on Thursday that mean something. With Spurs versus Arsenal. Yeah, I, I think that arguably that would just then translate, you know, a position down in the league. So you'd still have that game to play for, but it might be, you know, Man United and West Ham instead of Spurs and Arsenal in this case. So I don't think we'd lose that. 
as I such. think it brings in less quality, though. That's the problem. Obviously, the Champions League's meant to be the best of the best. So it's just bringing in more, more and more, I don't know, like, not mediocre teams, but it's just bringing, yeah, I just think it's less quality. You've got to be in the top ones to do that. So, yeah, I'm really against it, but... I mean, I flip uh, Liverpool v equalised. There you go. So that lasted long. <laughs> um, on on that note, obviously, our, our kind of initial reaction is fairly negative. To put a positive spin on it, so obviously you'll have clubs maybe like you know, as I said, Spurs, Arsenal, maybe West Ham, and and obviously Newcastle now with their new owners maybe licking their lips because this is now a huge, huge opportunity for those clubs in that kind of mix. To, to have a genuine chance of making the Champions League. You know, West Ham didn't quite make the cut. For them, you've got, to, you've got to think now Moyes is going to be sitting there going, we've got a real chance here. And the, the, on your point, Jamie, about the weaker teams, I would actually make the argument that, you know, I'm trying to think of an example this season, but let's say let's say it's, it's Chelsea, Arsenal in third and fourth and Spurs, Spurs come fifth, right? Obviously, they're not going to get in Champions League. But if that's a year down the line or, or, or in the future, I would still argue that Spurs being in the Champions League in the fifth spot is better for the overall competition in terms of quality, in terms of competition and all the rest of it than, let's say, you know, with no disrespect, maybe a Zenit St. Petersburg um, or, or whoever's maybe second in one of those kind of mid-tier leagues. So overall, actually, the quality is better because now, you know, Real Madrid versus Zenit is now Real Madrid versus Spurs, which has a bit more appeal. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? I just think it's more going to turn into you might as well go and do the Super League then kind of thing, if that's what you want. The whole point of the Champions League is to get the top teams in each divisions into it. Whereas I get what you're saying. Spurs probably are better than Zenit and Peterborough, but they, they got there by winning their league. Spurs got there by coming fifth now. It's just, it doesn't seem worth the merit. The whole point is called Champions League, by the way. Champions. True. It's, it's already true. got it's four teams. You can come fourth and get in it. It's, it's not yeah. even the champions fully in it. Just, just, to yeah, jump but... in there. just to jump in there, sorry, like, you say about the whole, you know, nobody wants to see Zenit versus Real Madrid or nobody cares about you know, Malmo versus Juventus. But you're denying these clubs extra chance to earn money to improve and become competitive. If you look at the cha- when it was called the European Cup, the Malmos, the Grasshoppers, you know, Dynamo Kievs, they, they were doing well in these competitions. They were having a fair share. And now that the Premier League has all this money, they're not getting their fair share, so they can't improve their teams. They're missing out. They're having to sell their best players to these teams. So there we go. You know, we're Americanizing the game even more, and eventually we're going to start doing draft picks in the summer. And and that's 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 how it is. Please no. Imagine that. FPL only. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Imagine the scenes. And and just just to kind of wrap that section up, I think one final positive is there was previous discussions about some of those extra places going to to a wildcard scenario where they're literally chosen on on a team basis. I think that would have caused, again, a lot of controversy. Um, and I think it is noteworthy that that's slightly changed to the success of a country, which I do think in the grand scheme slightly improves that model. 
Um, but yeah, yeah. On, on that note, obviously on, on that, let us know your thoughts on it in the comments. I know reaction's been quite bad. But we move swiftly on to the big, big game and the big combined 11 of the week. So Spurs v Arsenal, we've said it enough already. Big crunch time Thursday. Could be pivotal in the top four. Who gets Champions League? So what we've done, we've all, all three of us have picked out our own combined 11, which is of all the current Arsenal and Spurs players at the moment. Injuries are at not, not a factor. Um, so we'll, we'll go through the teams. So let's start... Um, of course, with a resident Arsenal fan. Um, Reese, who's the, who's the goalkeeper you've gone for? Yep, no worries. So, just to make things clear, as I said to you guys before we started, this is probably the only combined 11 I thought there is a mixture of quality in one position and then the, the choice is very, very low quality. You have to go for the least worst one. In terms of goalkeeper, I actually, um, I actually went with Aaron Ramsdale. That's not biased in any way. Um, it's sort of backing up my point that him and Larissa are very erratic keepers that seem to show a very erratic behaviour that seem to concede silly goals and make silly mistakes. I would argue that Ramsdale, although he's been good this season, has not been world-class like everyone seems to be making him out to be. And I've put him in because I think he's had a better season than Larissa. Yep, I'm going to jump in and say the exact same. Ramsdale is my choice. I think just Recent form is what's made it him better. Obviously, if you go by career, let Ramsdale isn't even close. But for now, from picking the team now, I'd pick Ramsdale. So our first disagreement already. Um, so Ramsdale was obviously a close, close second. Um, for me, I actually went for Lloris. Um, I think his pedigree, his experience, all the rest of it, in a big game, I, I, I still would trust um, Lloris over Ramsdale. I, I'd argue Ramsdale's been good you know, for maybe six months. Larice has been good for probably six years. Um, so if it's, if it's a big game, crunch tie, I'd, I'd personally prefer Larice. But two, two, two is greater than one, as we know. So for our joint team, Ramsdale, again, it's straight in there. Um, let's move on to the right back position. Who are you guys picking? Well, what Reese was saying, where there's a lack of quality in certain positions, I didn't want to pick a right back. I thought that I I looked at it and went, I don't want to pick either of you. I don't really rate them both. I was looking, it was, I think it was between Cedric and Emerson Royale. And I've gone with Emerson Royale. And I think he's just less bad, is kind of my go, go to. Reese, any disagreements? Uh, yeah, I went with Cedric. Um, only due to the fact that Tommy Asu hasn't played enough due to injury. But he's been consistently good. Cedric, I think, has actually gone under the radar. And I think he's actually been quite an exceptional player for us this season. I think he's delivering. He's crossing. I think he's defending as being very, very good. And I think he's been a real asset to Arteta. So we've all gone for someone different. So I got a little bit creative here and, and based on the lack of the lack of quality of choices between sort of Suarez, Tomiyasu and Emerson, I, I went with Matt Doherty. So I, I'd play him obviously more as a wing back. Um, he's been playing predominantly on the left um, for Spurs. He's been bombing down that wing um, a few, few assists and goals in the last few games that he's played. Um, but for me, He's that classic Conte win back. It doesn't matter what side you put him on. He'll deliver. He'll get down the wings and he'll create chances. 
Um, so for me, I'd put him in a bit of a makeshift uh, right-back position and just switch the sides. Um, God, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I'd rather go Cedric over Doherty. He was good for Wolves and he's, it's gone downhill for him ever since, I think. He's probably doing better than he was this season, but... But what Suarez done? I don't. I don't think Suarez is Suarez, Suarez. isn't a wing back at all. Cedric Suarez. Cedric Suarez. He's been very good actually. Oh, if, you, right. if you watch him play, he's been very consistent. You know, he's a very very consistent player. He doesn't make many mistakes. You know, he's. I think his crossing's decent. I think it could be better. He, he, you know, he's he's not like a modern day back or wing back or whatever you call him. But if you want somebody who's gonna give you a minimum six out of ten every week. He's kind of player you want. Fair enough. Well, I think, Jordan, you're picking a left-back to go right-back. I think you're trying to cheat the system here. <laughs> some, of the, some of the best players, some of the best wing-backs can play both. As Pilicueta, Cancelo, the list goes on. But he doesn't. <laughs> no, I'll still take him over Emerson. Oh, I'm saying they're all useless, to be perfectly honest. So. <laughs> well, uh, it's a tough one for the joint team, but I guess, Reese, you know, you're an Arsenal fan. You've probably seen a bit more hours of Suarez playing than we've seen of, of our picks. So maybe we'll, we'll concede that one. We'll let you have Suarez for the, for the joint team. Um, yeah. Now, the centre-back pairings. I, I'll, I'll, I'll kick us off. I've gone for an all-English combination. Um, I've gone for Ben White. Um, a lot of, you know, critics at the start of the season when Arsenal were in bad form. Obviously, that comes with the pressure of being one English and two, you know, 50 mil. Um, but I think he has slowly come into his own. He has improved. Still, I think, gone a little bit under the radar. Um, but for me, out of the centre-back choices across the two teams, I'd still just about pick, pick White. And obviously, I know it's not FIFA, but... I like to have a bit of that English chemistry, you know, old school English centre-backs. So I've gone for the boy, Eric Dyer. Um, it was close for me. I'm guessing you guys might have said, you know, Gabriel, maybe. Um, but for me, Eric Dyer's he, under Conte, he, he looks so much better. He stepped into that centre-back role very well. Um, and that was evidence the other day, you know, stopping Liverpool. Not many teams can do that. So for me, the English guys' centre-backs... White and Dyer. I agreed with one of your picks, Jude. Uh, White, I pick White. Um, I, yeah, I think he's the best. Probably, he's the best Arsenal right uh, centre back for me. And then for my other one, I've gone Romeo. I think he's been Spurs' best defender this season. I'd have him over Dyer any day. I think he's one of the defenders that is just nasty, wants to defend. Is a bit. It's sort of like what Diaz kind of did when he came in. He's like, defending is my job. I don't care about anything else. And then you've also got this side where I think someone made him, someone missed again. I don't know if it was the Liverpool game or some other game. And he just laughed in their face. I think it was United, actually. It's that nasty sort of side. I've gone with Romeo. Reese. Yeah, I've gone exactly the same as you, Jamie. Um, I I think Ben White deserves to be there. The reason for that is because nobody talks about him, so he's obviously doing something right. Um, and I went for Romero because I think he's an old school centre back. 
He's tough. He's not afraid to get stuck in. I was originally going to do Romero and Gabriel, but I thought about it and realised that they never actually play together on the pitch because one would be suspended. And then the, when he comes back, <laughs> the other one would end up suspended. It's literally a yellow or red card waiting to happen with them two. So, yeah, I've gone Romero and White. Yeah, I think Gabriel, just on that point, I think he's been very good, actually, in the last last few weeks. So he was very close to me for Dyer. Um, Dyer's just been doing it a little bit longer, I think. Um, but again, two to one for the centre-backs. So White and, who did we say? Romero. White, uh, White White, and Romero locked in for the centre-backs. So swiftly on to the left-back position. Now, I'll, I think we might agree on this one. Uh, Jamie, kick us off. Well, I thought this out of two choices, really. I think it's, obviously, I don't know what your picks are, but I thought it's out of Regulon and Tierney. And uh, I think I've, I just prefer Tierney. I think Regulon's got more quality on the ball, but I think as a defender, I think is a better player. So I've gone with him in my back, left back. Reese, I've gone Regulon. Um, just because I think that Tierney just hasn't played enough to justify a beard in this starting eleven. Um, he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but I think Regulon has, has continued to get better every single week. And Nuno Tavares and Ben Davis just aren't good enough. So, no, no agreed on that one. So I'll, I'll tip the balance for the for the joint team again. For me, it was a very close between the two you, you've mentioned. Um, Reese, fair point on the minutes. But for me, I think Tierney's got a little bit more quality and potential. Um, so I went with Tierney. So to, again, two to one, Tierney makes the spot. So the back four is, I've got the right back is already, good start. Amsel, uh, yeah. White, Romero, and then Tierney. Cool. On that note, let, let's go to the the fact, the fact I forget. The the, the 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 defense could could tell you everything you need to know about the quality of that team. Um, move, moving on to the midfield, um, I think this is going to be where it gets a bit interesting. So obviously, me and Jamie have gone for a four three three, so we'll only have three. Reese, I believe you've got five in your midfield. Yes, four two three. Paul, do you want to kick us off then? I guess with your CDMs. Yeah, um, I've actually gone Hoiberg and Bentecure. I believe that's how you pronounce it. I think Benzikin has been exceptional since joining Spurs. And I think Hoiberg has improved as well. I think he's a proper, proper defensive midfielder. You know, his job, is like he knows his job. Win the ball back, give it away. You know, give it away to his teammate. That's all he needs to do. I think he's been good. I think, I just, I don't know. I look at Arsenal's two sort of midfielders in that position and Jack has been great, but I just think he wouldn't, I just, I don't know. I just think that he's more... <laughs> inconsistent in his game so that's who I've gone for cool Jamie did you do one CDM is that three or not They're two technically two I think really I've gone with Hoiberg as well but I've gone with Partey in that mid in the midfield I think he's he's a good player he, I think he's probably just shown it a little bit more than Bentecure like he was considered but I think that's the way I've kind of gone with my two sort of defensive midfielders as such. So for me, for, for my formation, I only had sort of one CDM, two, two more attacking midfielders. 
Um, but we all agree Hoiberg um, definitely made it for me. Close, close kind of second and third were obviously Xhaka and Party as well. Um, Xhaka for me, he has put in some good good shifts this year, but for me, it's just that liability factor. You just know at any point he, he could put in a rash challenge. Um, Hoiberg, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, bit of an old school CDM. He's the kind of guy you just wouldn't want to play against. Not afraid to put in a tackle. Positioning's good. Distribution's pretty good as well. Um, so for me, Hoiberg. Um, and then I guess, Reese, back to you on your attacking midfielders. Who else Who else made the cut? Um, I'm actually torn on this one. The one I put more central, I was torn between Kulaveski and Udegaard. Um I originally put Kudovesky down because I, I rated him at his time at Juventus. I thought he was a very good player, but I think I'd probably say he probably played more on the wing, so I'll put Udegaard there. I think Udegaard has been an unsung hero. I think his silkiness on the ball is actually very above, you know, potentially could be world-class, so I'll go Udegaard. Jamie, so who are your two remaining midfielders? Or wait, you've got one. My one, one remaining. My one, and that's um agree with Reese Udegaard. He's the one I've put there as the sort of he's the one who's allowed to go and create stuff and attack. Oh, I've got two behind defending. So it's on you, George. Yeah. Or so my my remaining two midfielders were was in fact Odegaard. Um both the reasons you, you described. He's, he's really stepped up in the couple, last couple of months for Arsenal. Um, shots, assists, goals, silky on the ball. Um, and he's starting to come into that player that everyone thought he would be, you know, seemingly 10 years ago. He was the next big thing. Didn't quite make it, but it's good to see that he's finally getting getting up to speed and, and revitalising that sort of potential that he, he seemingly once had. Um, and then for me, because our formations are a bit different, um, I had to pick a slightly less attacking midfielder, um, someone who can do a bit of both. So I went for Bakayo Saka. Um, again, you could argue he, he's a front three as well, um, but I just, for the purpose of this team, sat him a bit deeper. He's played wing back before. He can attack, he can defend. A phenomenal player and, and, and a bright young talent. Um, so is anyone left for any midfielders or is that the whole midfield done now? We've got one space we need to agree on. Fine. So we've oh, um, so we've got Odegaard, Hoiberg. Odegaard and Hoiberg. So then it's probably between... Well, you had Saka. I've got Partey and Reese has got Bentecure. So it's more... I'll be honest with you, and it will obviously spoil the, probably the next position. As my right winger, I've got Saka there. So that's why Saka weren't a consideration for the centre midfield. So I've put him on the right. I don't know if Reese might have the same. If he does, then we can sort of probably say Saka's not the centre midfielder and then we can decide from there. I do indeed, yeah. I would put Partey there then in the centre midfield. Cool. So Partey makes the third spot in the midfield. Two CDMs, one attacking midfielder. So finally, the front, the, the attackers, I guess, in our joint team, it's going to be three. Um, who probably so pick the right? So it's more fine. Who's the left then? <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't really matter what you say on the right, George, but you can tell us anyway. So I went for um, for Son on the right. That'll make more sense when you hear my left. 
Well, I'll say it now. So obviously Kane, Kane up front, I can't imagine there's any disagreements. There's no lack, no, no hardcore Lacazette fans in Not here. Uh, yeah. Eddie's doing well, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, sorry, sorry. Big Eddie's turned up in the last few weeks. So <laughs> maybe he's, he's pushing Kane. Um, but no, Kane in the centre for me, Son on the right. And the reason for that is from, I put Martinelli on the left. Phenomenal. Reese, you might disagree. I know we've we've all had our disagreements on Martinelli, but for me, he is so so good. Quick, agile. He can shoot. He can he can cross, and he's so skillful as well. You know, perfect examples. A few weeks ago, um, I think when you played Liverpool, he was giving Trent a real problem. Um, he, you know, to do that to one of the so-called best wing backs in the world shows shows everything you need to know. So for me, Martinelli makes the cut. Well, I agree with what you say about Martinelli. I think he's a top player, but he's not better than Son. And I don't think he's better than Saka. So that's why I didn't have him in my front three. I've gone Son on the left and Saka on the right with Kane up top. I think that's probably the strongest front three that you can get out of these. Yeah, I don't don't need to dissect mine very much. I've gone the exact same as Jamie. Saka, Son, Kane. You can't go wrong with that. Son has an easy team. I get why you moved him over, but it was more for who you're having. Because you put Saka in the midfield, I get why you've kind of gone with that. Yeah, I think... One player we did miss, who probably deserves a bit of a mention, is Smith-Rowe. Yeah, I was a bit literally about to say that. Yeah, I think he, he is a phenomenal player. He's, I think he's just give him, give him like two more years, and I think he'll, he'll probably be in this team. That's I rate him very highly, but just right now, I don't see it. Like he's not there yet. Yeah, he's not better than those options that we've put there. So. Yeah. Good to be a team from two years ago. It'd have all just been a Spurs eleven, to be honest. That'd have been easy. <laughs> Start an eleven if you've ever done. If it was last year, year before, probably year before that. <laughs> and and one one mention on the Spurs side who who kind of got close for me that I didn't mention, um, Lucas Mora, in the you know arguably his midfield, maybe as a front three. We've seen what he can do, obviously on their big Champions League run. Um, he's done a lot else in, in his career. What's your thoughts on Moore at the minute? Is he finished? Is, is he still? Can he still do it? He doesn't play enough, but I think well, I've, when I've seen him play, even in person, I think he's one of the best hitters and passers of a ball. I think he's a great dead ball player. I think he does work very, very hard. But I think there's a reason it didn't quite work out at PSG, and there's a reason he's probably not hit those heights at Spurs and been their best player. So there must be something there that's holding him back. I don't know what it is, but he is a good player. I just, just didn't think he was better than what we had put into that team. No, that's, that's fair enough. have to agree there with Reese. Uh, there's been numerous managers at Spurs and he's not he's not fully put himself in that front three where you've obviously got Son and Kane and he, he should have cemented that third spot as the front three and that should just be they build on whatever's behind it's just not worked out for him. I think he's a decent player, but I yeah, I, he doesn't play enough. And at the moment, I don't think he's better than Saka. So 
he he didn't actually get considered in my team. I did forget about him, <laughs> but it was I kind of quickly picked Saka, Son, and Kane, so I didn't really consider anyone else. Fair enough. So I think Jamie, you, you you've probably got it in front of you. So let's let's just finalise with our a joint eleven. So in goal, Ramsdale. Right back, Cedric. Centre backs, White and Romeo. Left back, Tierney. Then in the midfield, three of Hoiberg, Partey and Odegaard. And then a front three of Son, Saka and Kane up top. Not a bad Partey. side. Not a bad side in the end. Yeah, not a bad side. I only didn't have one player from that. So I think I've picked quite well, having 10 out of the 11. <laughs> well done in my formation, I think. Um, but yeah, so that, that wraps us up, obviously, for, for this edition. Um, I, I can imagine our players we've selected might cause a few debates. As always, let us know your thoughts in the comments. We want to hear your arguments. We want to hear your reasons for the other players. Um, but for now, that wraps us up. As you know, like, comment and subscribe. Turn on the bell notification. You know the drill. Here we go.